Did you know that if your website is running too slowly, it can cause higher bounce rates, lower search engine rankings, lower page view numbers, and lower conversion rates? To put it simply, a slow website means lower profits. In fact, if your site is delayed by more than one second, it could literally be costing you thousands of dollars a year. But don't worry, I have an answer for you. WPX Hosting. WPX Hosting has some of the fastest website hosting on the planet with lightning quick servers, 24-7 support that is available in less than 37 seconds when you need them, blazing fast load speeds, and even a free high-speed content delivery network or a CDN. But that is not the best part. Even if you are on another web host, WPX Hosting will work with you for free to migrate your site in less than one day. Along with automatic backups, malware scanning and removal, email, staging areas, and 99.95% uptime guarantees, WPX is the exclusive web host for the Blogger Evolution podcast. Our friends over at WPX Hosting want you to join the family as well. For a limited time, you can enjoy a 50% discount on the first month of hosting, meaning you can make your website faster for less than $13. Visit bloggerevolution.com hosting for your 50% coupon. That's bloggerevolution.com hosting. Remember, a fast website means higher profits right now the only thing that's stopping you is your time and your energy what are you doing with your time and energy and so right after this if you listen to this take action really think about and audit your time and energy and if you channel that time and energy to creating a blog you will have an asset the mistake a lot of people make is they waste their time and energy and you have these two precious resources right now so do something with it and that's it Regular people are taking their passions and interests, writing about it in a blog and making a living from it. But not everyone is successful. There is a right way to build a blog and a wrong way. And I am here to help you succeed with your online business. My name is Chris Miles, and this is the Blogger Evolution Podcast. Oh, and welcome to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris Miles, wherever you are, wherever you may be. Thanks for making us part of your day. Now, I don't know about you, but when it comes to bloggers, I mean, real bloggers, one thing that I have noticed is because we have to create content for Google, usually we have to give, give and give some more before we can actually take. And because of that, usually it, it, when someone jumps into blogging, they can be weeded out if they don't like to give. And when I say give, I mean giving true value, true help before we turn around and wait for Google to bless us with some traffic. But as a side effect of that, those who have been weeded out, sorry, who haven't been weeded out and actually made it to the other side with a successful website tend to be really, really nice people. And that is certainly the case with Aisha Priest. So we had the privilege of interviewing Aisha Priest from OutAndBeyond.com. And uh, that's a website where she teaches people how to make money online, whether it's from blogging or freelancing, becoming that true digital nomad, because that's what she is. I believe at the time of recording this particular episode, she's living in Malaysia, getting ready to go on a bike trip in Indonesia. Or something like that. <laughs> Hopefully I got those places right. But it is very nice to see because she's doing everything she can to help as many people 
as possible. That's one of the real principles of earning an income online is when you know what you're doing and you're trying to help people, you try your best to help as many people as possible. And the fact that Aisha was gracious enough to uh, be on the podcast and really deliver a lot of the experiences, the failures and the hits that she's had so far, it's outstanding. We even get very specific in some of the things that she's doing in order to have her successful blog portfolio, which is making more than $10,000 per month. She shows us some of her favorite tools that she uses to do low competition keyword research. She gives us the actual strategies that she's using to come up with these keywords and then how to write them on her WordPress blog. She talks about a little trick that she uses in order to uh, go to the Google search console, figure out what things are on page two and exactly how she improves those articles to get them on page one. And then most importantly, how to update content. We always talk about creating, creating, creating as much content as possible, but there's also a good hack in going back and updating content. And she shares her exact strategies for doing so. So we're not gonna waste too much more time. Let's go ahead and jump right into this. But to be able to follow Aisha, go to her uh, Instagram. It's Aisha Priest uh, on Instagram. It's spelled A-I-S-H-A-P-R-E-E-C. E. All right. Go ahead. Go check it out. It is a wonderful um, Instagram. She's always posting new stories and it's mainly about SEO and how you can grow your sites faster, just like she's already done. So let's not waste any more time. Let's go ahead and jump into this amazing interview with Aisha Priest from outandbeyond.com. Blogging has allowed me to quit my job and watch my son grow up every single day. But truly succeeding at blogging, it does take time and it takes patience. But one ninja trick that I use to cut down on that time is our sponsor, SerpNames.com. SerpNames.com is a premium marketplace of fine age domains. A clean and vetted age domain will help you skip the Google sandbox period, save thousands of dollars on link building, and rank for highly competitive keywords with a fraction of the time and budget. So let SerpNames.com and their constantly growing inventory of vetted age domains take the guesswork out of the due diligence process so that you can spend more time doing what you want to do. So what would you do with that extra time? For me, that's simply kicking back and spending time with the family. The Blogger Evolution Podcast has partnered with SerpNames.com to get you a 15% discount by using the promo code EVOLUTION at checkout. That's good for any age domain in the SerpNames.com marketplace. That's promo code EVOLUTION. So please support our sponsor and go to SerpNames.com, sign up for a free account to browse for your perfect age domain and use promo code EVOLUTION at checkout for an additional 15% discount off your purchase. Again, that's serpnames.com. And welcome back to the Blogger Evolution Podcast. My name is Chris, and we have the privilege of talking with Aisha Priest. And she is a successful blogger. She has a portfolio of sites and doing pretty well for herself. So I just want to thank her for being on. So thanks so much for being on, Aisha. Thank you so much for having me, Chris. What a privilege to be on here too. And I hope that I can answer all your questions and be as useful as I can to your audience. And thank you for everybody that's listening today. Uh, thanks, thanks so much. And I'm sure they appreciate it as well. But we're going to dig deep and get some really good nuggets. All right, let's go ahead and get started. So before we jump into like all of this, you know, blogging stuff and how what you've been able to do, if you don't mind, give us a bit of your background. You know, how did you get into this? How what, what kind of led up into it? And what do you have a background in doing? 
Okay, so uh, my background, actually, I, I went to law school, I studied law, and I'm, I went to law school because I'm not very creative, I can't draw, my, you know, the rest of my family, are, put it this way, when I draw stick men, they look ugly. So I was like, all right, I'll get into law. And I studied law, and then I fell into finance, and I was in uh, corporate banking for about 10 years. And I remember, and I don't know if many of you can relate, when you're in your cubicle, looking at the window, and you're just thinking... I want to, don't want to be here, you know, but I don't know what to do. I don't want to be here, but I don't know what to do, how to make the next step. And I didn't want my boss's job or my boss's boss's job. And I felt quite paralyzed and scared. Um, and then what I did was I set up a side hustle as an online proofreader and ended up actually quitting my corporate job, but also setting up a blog. But I did absolutely nothing with it because I got stuck in analysis paralysis. And then I'd say in 2019, at the end of 2019, so 2017 is when I uh, quit my job at the, at the end of 2017. 2019, I, my best friend passed away uh, in 12 hours suddenly, and that actually spurred me to take action. And I basically took action, but I took all the wrong action and I'm happy to share my mistakes with your, read, um, your listeners. And then finally, at the end of 2020, I learned SEO. And that's when my life changed because I was able to get, um, I was at about 7,000 page views, barely like struggling to get. And then I went, um, I got up to nearly 100,000 page views in seven months, Google traffic. I got into Mediavine uh, and then my income just grew and I was able to hit more than $10,000, replace my corporate job income. And then I set up four other niche sites. So now I'm sitting at five sites and I'm growing them. So it's been an exciting, scary journey full of mistakes. Wow. So <laughs> let's just say congratulations. That's a very hard thing to do. You know, what, what we do as bloggers isn't isn't difficult. It's not hard work, but it's very you gotta stay on it, you know, constantly, consistently. And you can't just let it let it slip. Because you mentioned before how you got started. It's kind of similar to me. Got started, didn't take it really seriously until later when some major life events happened. And then you decide, okay, I actually now need to do about this. And so sorry to hear about your friend dying so suddenly like that. But um it's it's uh, it's it's a, it's a tough thing, I'm sure. But let me ask you just one quick thing. You mentioned that you were in law school. Uh I, I I found this to be interesting. I find that a lot of bloggers seem to have been former professionals. You know, a lot of them have been a doctor, a lawyer, you know, maybe even, you know, very high ranking in their previous companies or whatever. Um, now it's not always the case because, I mean, I came from just a little little small office, running a little small office. But I'm curious, do you think that there's a, a correlation there? Why, why is it that it seems as though, you know, sometimes professionals end up getting into our business? I think because, you know, you do all the right things. You do what you do, what your society tells us to do, right? You study hard, you work hard, you sacrifice a lunch break, family time. You do all the right things when you get there and you're like, right, okay, I've got, a, I've got 20, 30 more years of this. Yeah. And I think, you know, and you, you actually realize, wow, this is my life. And if, if I always say, if you want a different life, you've got, to go, you've got to do different things. But something I would like to mention, which was a cert certainly something that, uh, really gave me a lot of doubt was when I started as a blogger I was like I wasted my time in law school I wasted my time in corporate banking why didn't I start 10 years earlier and I have to say if you're sitting here listening and you're in a corporate job that is going to be invaluable even if it's not a corporate job if you're in a nine-to-five job that experience will be so valuable for your blog because a blog that's able to draw on your personal experience is always going to be better than somebody that isn't able to do that 
I'm so glad that I made, I, I had that 10 years plus law school because every day I draw on it in my blog. Yeah. And that makes perfect sense because you learn like a little bit of structure, you know, with because when you run a business, you, you need to be you don't have to be the most structured person because I'm not the most structured person in the world. But you do need to understand that this needs to happen. This needs to happen. That needs to happen. And usually in that order, you know, in order to be somewhat successful at it. And I guess having a background, a professional background, maybe even managing other people does help when you end up maybe getting to the point where you have to hire writers and do something like that. So I think that's really awesome that um, even though you say you I guess you don't regret your time there, you wish you had started earlier. But the experience you got really gave you a leg up to be able to continue doing it, what you're doing so far. Would you agree with that? Totally. And furthermore, my worst days in my blogging career <laughs> pale in comparison to my best days in corporate banking. Wow. You know what I mean? Do you know those, you know, on Sunday when you're, you're sick in your stomach, you know that you have a morning meeting on Monday, you've got spreadsheets open, you're stressed, you're overworked, and you're like oh, dreading Mondays. Like, I honestly am so glad I had that experience because when I have that, when I'm feeling isolated or down in my blog, and you're going to have those days, everybody faces adversity in, in when you're, you're blogging and hardship and doubt. And for me, I draw on those bad experiences. Like, wait, I, I never want to go back there. I never want somebody to call me up at midnight and say, handle this by Monday morning, right? And I, I tell you, having those bad experiences will drive you when you had your blog. Yeah. Oh, gosh. I, I used to have to be on call all the time. Where And it, it, I was the only person in my area for my office. So usually when someone, if anything happened, it could be 1130, 12 o'clock at night. Oh, Chris, this needs to be fixed by 8 a.m. And I had no options. You know, that's basically what I had to do. And I like the point that you mentioned earlier that uh, you didn't want your boss's job, you know, and I was kind of something similar because where my boss was, he had an OK job, but there was no upward movement at all. So basically where I was going to be was where I was going to be. I could have I could have honestly been there 30 years doing the exact same thing. And I I, I don't know what would have happened. <laughs> something would have something negative would have probably happened because it was driving me nuts, you know. So I can definitely understand the sentiment of not wanting your boss's job. I, I love how you said that. Uh, you mentioned that you quit in what twenty seventeen. How did you know that it was time to quit? Okay, so at the time I was I had an online proofreading side hustle, and I always say this that if you are going to quit your job, always have something on the side. I mean, some people can do it. I'm quite risk averse. I grew up very poor. So I don't, I don't want that feeling of not having money. And so I saved really hard. I, I kind of learned how to get my own clients and I call it like the break even point. So I make a calculation and I write down all my basic bills to survive. And I said, okay, how much do I need to survive for a year or two years? Right. And I save up that money, my emergency fund. And then I said, okay, I'll give this a try. And if I quit my job and I give myself one or two years, can I make this work? And if it doesn't, I can go back. You will be in the exact same position. You can get to the exact same position that you are right now if you quit. Maybe you've got two years, but you've got to be working for the rest of your life, right? And so for me, actually, the pivotal moment was actually, I, um, I actually, I don't think I've ever talked about this on an on a interview, was I, I actually planned to climb up to Everest Base Camp. And I made the plan and actually got a big proofreading contract. And it was my big break. And I was about to climb up to Everest Base Camp. And I, I, without a doubt, I was like, I'll have it. And so I carried a notebook, a tiny notebook in my backpack. 
And in all those pictures, you don't see my notebook, but I was proofreading and doing my side hustle all the way up to Everest Base Camp. I summited and that paid for my entire trip. And it was proof to me, if I can, if I can do this, climbing up to Everest Base Camp, I can do it anywhere. I can do it sitting in my office, right? Wow. I, I, <laughs> wow. That's that's outstanding. You mean Mount Everest, right? Like the actual um, Everest, Everest Base Camp. So there's like, um, everybody has to, it takes about seven days. So you have to mm-hmm. get to the base camp. I mean, you get altitude sickness and whatnot. Right. And then everybody who wants to get to the top of Everest goes from base camp. So I stopped at base camp. Wow. Congratulations. That's outstanding. You know, that, that you've been you. able to yeah. do that. Um, oh, wow. That, that kind of blew my mind right there. So anyway, so I love how you said that you had, had an emergency fund because that's like basically what every personal finance guru out there will tell you. You need to have some type of emergency fund, regardless of if you're trying to quit your job or not. Have something to where if income stopped right there, you could survive at least until you figure out something else. So um, that's actually very great advice. You know, I did something very similar before. I quit so that, you know, again, if the money stopped, you actually had something to live on until you can figure out the next thing. And I used to always say, worst case scenario, I just get another job. You know, I mean, th- that's not the end of the world because, you know, I, I, I like to think of um, I rather fear failure. So I, I fear regret more than I fear failure. And when I do that, it kind of helps me understand if I get to one point in life, I can at least look back and be like, you know what? I at least tried. You know, and that that does that does help a lot when it came to me trying to do this kind of thing. Um, now let's go ahead and talk about your 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 portfolio of sites. So if you don't mind, just run through um, what your sites are are making, how they're doing traffic wise. We kind of touched on it a little bit before, but um, it'll be interesting to to hear where you are right now, and then we'll kind of backtrack from there. Okay, so I have five, but I'm actively working on three, and so two of them are baby sites. So I'm going to be working on them next year. And so I don't really, I mean, I put a bit of content, but I don't really focus on them. So the three that I'm working on now, my first one, it's getting 170,000 page views. Um, we're earning o- over 10,000 uh, a month, more or less passively. Um, and that one, that, that's my first, that's my baby, that's established. And then my second one, it's just over 12 months and that's starting to earn. I checked the other day, it's like $1,300 a month. Wow. And the third one is, I don't know if it's hit 12 months yet, but I checked and it's like, we're getting to $200. So I, I'm actively growing. So the first one is just plodding along and I'm basically, it's kind of a mature stage and I'm trying to automate that. Second and third, I'm actively growing and putting content on <laughs> That's cool. That That's really amazing that you've been able to do that. And with multiple sites. Now, you said that you got five sites and you got your one, your baby that's making 10000 or so per uh, per month, which is uh, outstanding. You know, it's, that seems like the number that we all like to, to go for. Right. And but then you have the other sites that you're not you know, paying as much attention on. You got the three main ones and then five total. Uh, how did you know it was time to, like, start going after another site rather than just sticking to one? Okay, that's a good question because, okay, so firstly, actually, I set up the second site as not not to kind of earn money, believe it or not, sounds silly now I think about it, but it was a training ground for my writers. So I ran or I run freelance writing workshops and I teach people, how do you go from no experience to suddenly being paid as a freelance writer? 
So a lot of people don't know how the skills to pitch to clients, to, to write. And I, I run, because I used to be a freelance writer, I run these workshops. And I noticed that a lot of the biggest struggle people find is they want to get hired, but they're not featured anywhere. So clients don't want to hire them. And it's like a chicken or the egg, right? And I said, right, what I'm going to do is I'm going to set up the site. I will hire them. I will feature them. And then they can go to other clients and say, featured by and then they will have a portfolio. And my intention was purely to, for it to be used as a training grant. It just so happened that it grew and grew and grew and started earning money. And the third one I set up um, with actually my younger brother. So um, I learned that you can actually um, you know, sell sites for significant money. Mm-hmm. And my younger brother, he, he moved to France and he's, you know, he wants to buy a piece of land. And I thought I'd love, I'd love to be able to gift him this when I sell it. He has no idea, by the way, he's just working on it with me. But one day when I sell it and he's not, he's not on social media, so he won't hear this. I'm going to gift him, you know, the price of the site to buy him land and set himself up. And so for me, it was the training ground to help my brother, but also to diversify because running sites is amazing but there is an element of risk. And so for me, I wanted to protect myself and my income. Yo, that's a great gift right there to give. <laughs> you know, uh, sometimes, you know, as a, as a parent, you think, okay, what can I give my, my, my offspring, you know, so that to kind of set them up a little bit and you'll be able to, to do that with family as well, which is really cool, you know, and that is a pretty good thing to give someone is either the value of the site or the site itself so that they can grow it because it's such, even though there isn't, there's a lot of websites out there, but when you really think about it, there's not that many of us out there. And because of that, we can, you know, if you can give someone the idea of how to build a business in general, that's outstanding. I like that. That's, that, that's, that's pretty cool. Um, let me ask you, how do you divide your time between the three sites you are uh, uh, really concentrating on so that, because I mean, there's only, we all have 24 hours in a day, right? So how do you know how much time to spend on each one, you know, to go after that diversification? So I basically work per quarter, right? And so I decided I had the struggle. I was like, Oh, what do I focus on? And I realized site one, I can't neglect. That's a golden egg. So I need to continue publishing content, updating content on that. Um, is, is it noisy at the back? Is someone's on their motorbike. I'm really sorry if anybody oh. hears this. <laughs> uh, it's a tab, but I can still understand you. You can go ahead. So um, the first site, I've, I'm consistently just putting content and it's in the background. So I do focus on that. And then every quarter I work on the additional site. And so it's for me, the second site. And when that, when I can see that's grown, I'm happy with that. Then maybe, you know, the next quarter I'll focus on the third site. And so... I guess for me, like I, I, I have like content targets for each site and then I assign it, move on to the next one, assign it, move on to the next one. And it's just rotating. Nice. Nice. So, okay. That, that makes plenty of sense because you're able to kind of split your focus by just focusing on a different site each, every three months. Right. And then right. that way at the end of the year, you have X amount done. I would, I would presume. Right. All right, cool. That, that's pretty awesome. Um, when it comes to your, your biggest site, your 10K or more a month site, what would you say has been the biggest factor in growing it to that 10K? Content. So the biggest thing that I really struggled with was I was like, why am I not tra- growing? Why am I sitting at 7,000 views? And it's, you know, I only had what, 20, 20, maximum 30 pieces of content. And you are running an online content business. Your content is your product. The more of your product, the more opportunities that you have to rank on Google, the more traffic you're going to get. And so for me, the biggest thing when I was sitting at 7,000, well, step one was I changed my 
been to Astra and I improved the site speed to less than four seconds. So the, the foundations are, are kind of clear. If you're thinking about a house you're going to rent out, let the, let get the foundations right, the theme and the speed. Then what I did was I canceled Netflix. I told everybody, don't call me. I'll call you never. And I wrote 40 pieces of content. And then I also updated 20 pieces of content. And that was enough to get me to nearly 100,000 pages. And in terms of income, for me, it was, it was basically taking a step back and layering, layering. So I started by focusing on ad revenue, got that. Okay, now, second is affiliate revenue. So I went to the top posts, thought of an affiliate product. So every single one of my posts has an affiliate link inside it of some sort. Every single, in, even if it's info, if it's commercial, there is an affiliate solution. And so I basically added affiliate solutions within them. And then finally, it was digital products, but I didn't do all of them at once. And the mistake that people make is they try and do everything at once. And so I start with traffic. So that the formula I follow is traffic multiplied by monetization, right? So start with traffic. So SEO and content. Okay, got that down? All right, now let's focus on monetization. Monetization is ads, then affiliates, then digital products. And doing it that way allowed me to layer my traffic and my, my revenue. Yeah, yeah, that makes perfect sense because the traffic's like the hard part. Once you get the traffic, then usually everything else kind of falls in line before. And if you do it backwards, then, yeah, it, it may not work as, as seamlessly as you've been able to do it. Mm -hmm. So I like the way that you kind of layered it and kind of piecemealed it together to become this 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 massive behemoth of a site. But um, you mentioned a couple of things. One thing is uh, I did like the fact that you, you said you canceled Netflix. That was one of the big things I did, too. I stopped watching TV. I was just like, I was wasting so much time watching TV when I could have been sitting there, you know, building an empire, right? And here I am years later, and it's actually worked out. But it's just one of those things that you just kind of, it's hard to do because we like to binge on shows right most people like to do that but i like how you had the, the discipline to do that now you mentioned one of the biggest things that you did to in order to go from seven thousand to one hundred thousand, because i think that's amazing was updating content what did you do to update your content like what was it before what did you how, what kind of research did you do to realize oh i need to do more to the article and what did you add to them to get it to that hundred thousand okay so okay if you're sitting here today and you want to update this First step one, go into Google Search Console and look at the content on page two. So you can see that you can click on average position and you're, that's, your, that's going to be where you spend your energy and time updating. So articles on page two. So I picked the articles on page two. The reason for this is Google already likes them. He's already saying, okay, kind of flirting with you. You know, he's like, oh, I like you, I like you. And he's like, you want him to love you. So we want to push it to page one, right? And to get it to page one is I looked at the piece of content and I made sure that each piece of content had a focus keyword. So prior to this, I didn't know SEO. I might have just written any piece of content which didn't really have a focus keyword, right? And so I made sure that each had a focus SEO keyword. I then optimized it, put the keyword in all the right places, H1, H2 and first hundred words. And then what I did was I made sure that each piece of content matched the user intent immediately. The mistake a lot of bloggers make is, let's just say, how to hike, right? They'll, they'll talk about the history of hiking, they'll talk about all these other things, but the people, the person's Googled how to hike. Tell me how to hike, get the answer in. And finally, two more things is I added a frequently asked question at the end. So if you put the keyword into Google, you'll see the people also ask section. So how to hike, there'll be uh, 
uh, people also ask. Take some of those questions, put it at the end. And then finally, in Google Search Console, when you click on that URL, there will be queries. Try and put as many of those queries that are high impression into the blog post and supercharge them because Google's associating those queries with your, with your keyword. Gotcha, gotcha. So do you play with the titles and stuff too to try to increase your click-through rate with stuff on, on there? Absolutely, absolutely. And I definitely, uh, I, what I do is I analyze, the top, I analyze my competition. I actually look at the, what their title's like and also what is their meta description? What are they doing right? Learn from them. So I changed the title, changed the meta description. And I found that's really helped me is in the introduction, I try and make it as personal as possible. And I add the pain points. And so if somebody's Googling how to hike, the, the possible queries they have is, am I fit enough to hike? What clothes do I wear? And so um, where do I hike? So in the introduction, I was like, hey, are you curious about how to hike? I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, am I going to faint and get asthma attack 500 meters in? You're thinking, do I have the right clothes? Don't worry. I will cover this in the article below. And then I talk about it. Wow. I love that personal part of it because especially when in the age now we have with all of these AI tools that you just press a button and it just writes. That's one thing that the AI tools have a hard time doing is being personal, right? And I think when you're able to inject that into your articles and get in people's heads, that's marketing 101, right? That's getting in people's heads and telling them what you're going to tell them and making sure that it's something that they are concerned with, people are going to stick around and read the entire article. And I think that that's, that's outstanding. And your use of Google Search Console is is pretty awesome as well. Just looking at what's on the second page and then adding things such as frequently asked questions from the people also ask, making it just a little bit more thorough, studying your competition on the first page and seeing what you can do better. Does that kind of sum up how you Im improved your content? Absolutely. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. All right. Now, you did mention affiliate marketing and how you tried to have some type of affiliate play on every single article, right? Where do you place your affiliate links to try to get the most clicks? Okay, that's an excellent question. So I try, when you are writing a piece of content, you need to get that affiliate link in ASAP, right, up, right after the introduction, because people aren't going to read the whole post, right? And so, first of all, I make sure, let's say how to hike, for example. So I say, I'm sure you're thinking uh, where to hike, what to hike. By the way, and I would put it in a colored box. If you're looking for the best uh, best uh, shoes for hiking, try this. If you're looking for this, and I put right after the introduction, a couple of affiliate solutions, which is why it's so important to build a connection in the intro. Because you're saying, hey girl, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking you're not fit enough. Trust me, you are. And then you provide solutions which are affiliate solutions, and they're more likely to click. And I make sure that I have images that are also affiliate links, and I include it also in the subheadings. So for example, if I'm recommending products, H2, and also in the conclusion. Mention it as many times as you can, because it's a solution. I don't, I don't provide affiliate products unless they are a solution. And if it's a solution, it's not spammy. Correct, yeah, I totally agree with that. The um... Some, there's so much you know spammy content out there where they just want you to get to the affiliate link and then go buy something but if you actually offer it as a solution then people will want to click on it to help support you because you just help them out of a jam right and that's the correct way to look at it especially when it comes to affiliate marketing um you, you mentioned like your own products how do you promote those on your sites 
Okay, so uh, there's, there's two ways. So I'm quite active on Instagram. So I have a tiny but mighty Instagram community who are amazing. And so I promote them on Instagram, but within my blog, you can easily just mention it halfway through. So for example, let's say I, I have, a, I have a, a course called SEO blog post training, and that teaches people how to write the perfect SEO optimized blog post that gets lots of traffic. And so if say there's a piece of content, how to write a blog post, you just include that naturally and say, hey, listen, here are some tips. By the way, if you want more in-depth strategies, click here, picture of the picture of the course, having the link clear and obvious. And then I just include it um, in a natural way. But also I do use um, freebie. This is a bit more complex, like you know, email marketing. So I give them a freebie. They can sign up to my email list. And I mention it when I, I email them every Wednesday with tips and I promote it there too. Awesome. So what, what's your Instagram? Just so we can send some people there. Sure, it's uh, A-I-S-H-A-P-R-E-E-C-E. And uh, you'll see me and my grumpy cat and I try and share blogging and SEO tips every day, actually. And I love my Instagram community. They're amazing. They're oh, lovely people. That is so cool. Yeah, I'm actually following you on Instagram too. And I've been loving all of the content that you put up there. Thank you. Yeah, the uh, I'll be, we'll be sure to put that in the show notes as well. So be sure to go go follow um Go follow her and make sure that, you know, you interact with her too. She's really, you know, personable with all of the posts and stuff. It works out really well. All right, cool. So th that's, that's good. I like how you're offering value, you know, as much as you possibly can and then getting something back with it. There's a book out there that's called, um, what was it? Jab, 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 right hook. You just give by um, Gary Vaynerchuk where, you know, he just talks about how value, value, value. You just pummel people over the head with value. And then eventually... Uh, just kind of like how Jim Rohn says, if you help as many people uh, get what they want in life, you're going to eventually get what you want in life. And I love how you've put that cart first. And then by doing that, you know, all these great things have been happening because of it. So uh, that's that's really good stuff. I do, I do appreciate that. And, and it's nice it's nice to see it working out, you know. So uh, thanks so much for your story there. Um, now, let's get into a little bit more of the weeds of your uh of your site in terms of how you're getting it you mentioned um seo or search engine optimization um and how you went from you know seven thousand to a hundred thousand and you did that by learning seo you kind of ran through a couple of the seo tricks that you use like first hundred words and the title and everything what would you say is like the biggest thing in seo that you've had to learn in order to uh, uh, get it to where you are today undoubtedly the right keyword. The foundation of SEO is finding the right keyword or topic to write about. You need to find a topic that has some search volume, but that is low competition. The mistake that I made this mistake too is we write content which we want to write that doesn't help anybody, but all the big names are writing about it. And so Google doesn't rank you because you're a new site. And if you want to get Google traffic as a new site, my recommendation would be to go for low competition search queries um, and really just tackle them in depth, make right clusters of them, and then you will gain topical authority. And so, for example, give me any topic, Chris. I'll give you an example. Um, caps. There you go. <laughs> caps, right. So say you want to say you are a site that writes about different type of caps, right? And so I would first of all write about baseball caps. So what is the best baseball cap? Where should I wear baseball caps? Um, what are the best brands? Who wears baseball caps? And I would write at least five to 10 articles on baseball caps and there will be low competition. And then I would create a cluster and then I would go for the affiliate content after. So 
how to the how to is always best first the informational content you gain authority and then you can go for the commercial content later gotcha gotcha so going after these low competition things and that's a great example by the way how do you find these low competition keywords okay so i use two tools so i've recently started with this tool called keyword chef and it basically helps you find clusters of content and the amazing thing is i've just discovered this last week it helps you find key keywords that have forums on page one. And if you see forums, if you see Pinterest on page one, this is a sign that Google doesn't have enough content and he's serving forums instead of, because he has nothing else. So you have a chance. And then what I do is I take the content that key, Keyword Chef has spit out and I put it into key search, okay? Key search is very affordable, less than $20. And what I do is it tells you how much search volume and how much competition. And I go for a competition score of less than 30, sometimes even less than 20. And normally it's blue. If you if you use key search, it's blue. And if, if you listen to this and you're curious and you don't know how, just send me a message on Instagram, I'll show you. And basically I go for blue keywords, especially at the beginning. And this ensures that I'm writing content that has extremely low competition. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Keyword Chef is a great tool. I It's probably one of my favorite tools as well. In fact, my case study that I'm running right now on YouTube is sponsored by Keyword Chef. So it's, there we uh, go. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a great tool. I, I definitely recommend it as well. But I like how you have the added layer of taking what Keyword Chef gives you and then throwing it into keyword, into key search. Key, key search. Right. Yeah. And then just going from there. So do you just basically go by, you know, whatever numbers key search spits out to you and then like, okay, I'm writing that article or do you ever go on Google and look at the competition as well what what may gives you that final okay let me write this because i know a lot of bloggers when they're first getting started they're so worried about writing the right article that they end mm -hmm. up kind of becoming uh, uh paralyzed oh, nice. don't do anything so how do you decide on okay let me just write this okay um excellent question um because i felt that too at the beginning so there's a three steps i, I put in the keywords key, keyword chef i take get then i get a bunch of keywords i put those through key search the final check is always google you need to go into google and look at the top look at the top 10 right and i use this free chrome extension called mars moz.com which shows the authority of a website and so i have a look to see on page one and if there are a lot of websites on there with a domain less than 30 that's a green light for me because it means that if they could rank on page one with a low domain authority that means i can too Gotcha. Yeah, that's 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 good stuff. So you just do that. If it's under 30 domain authority, you go ahead and and go ahead and write it. That's cool. Now, you mentioned domain authority and you mentioned Moz. So I'm, I guess the next question would be, you know, how do you build your authority? Do you do anything with link building? What about establishing EAT, you know, expertise, authoritativeness, trustworthiness? What are you doing to help build up your domain, your domain authority? Okay, so my first site, I've had to do that because it was, it's kind of in the personal finance niche and there's a lot of topics on finance. So, you know, if you're in a top, if you're not in a finance health niche, then don't, don't worry as much is what I'm saying, don't panic. But first thing I do is my About Me page is very strong. I, I write my credentials. So I say, I talk about my experience and then I, at the end, I say what my credentials are, my qualifications. Okay, so it, it really helps to put a strong About Me page, which is personal and tailored. Number two, I make sure there's a sidebar with my face and a quick description on every single blog post, okay? And so when somebody go Googles my content or, you know, if any of the quality, quality assessors by Google 
go to my content, they see my big fat head on, on the sidebar and they can see what I'm about. And that helps me increase my eat. And number two is I actually don't really actively build links. I do because of my experience with freelance writing, I'm used to pitching and, and writing guest posts. And so I, I sometimes do that and I build connections on Facebook. But the rule I have is that piece of content that I write has to be better than the one I would write for my site. Because you need to respect another site that you're writing on, you're guest posting on. Because if you do that and they get Google traffic, you can then, they'll be like, hey, can you write from a, you know, can you write again? And then you get, you can get backlinks for your other sites. But that's the strategy for my first site. But for my other sites, I don't do any active link building because if you have a lot of content, you will build links naturally. Yeah. No, I totally agree. Because if you're able to uh, build good content, then people are going to want to link to it, right? Have you noticed any type of content that gets more links than others? Um, I wish that I actually did this analysis, but I don't. Okay. I'm sorry, Chris. Like, you know, I, I know other people that are really like, and, and this shows you if, you, if you listen to this, I'm not somebody that does this, like, takes the time to actually say, oh, maybe I should write this. I really don't pay much attention to it and I'm still earning well and getting traffic and so my advice is if you're really struggling for time content 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 yeah get content what, early. what about you Chris what's that I would ask you actually is there any content that you recommend because you're, you're an expert so is there any content you think would build links uh better than others um well I'm not an expert I just <laughs> I just <laughs> seem to have been doing it a little longer than some people but uh usually uh I find a content that has more statistics in it numbers uh, people just love numbers for whatever reason and if you're able to you know uh, uh, include the numbers into your title and then some unique research is important as well so if you can go to extra mile like we were talking about caps earlier let's say I wanted to get what's the best caps that pro golfers wear or something right then I'll probably call a few people who I know are golfers or maybe try to call mm -hmm. some golf places and say hey I talked to 10 golf professionals and this is the hat that they wear and having that type of unique going an extra mile type content makes you so much different you know than anyone else on the internet which will usually lend to getting more links you know for your content so if you can do unique research something you gotta you gotta think outside of the box usually when you're trying to come up with something like that but uh usually you know you know when people are putting stuff on the internet they're just trying to get it done as quickly as possible so when you actually take the time to put something out there that's worth it then usually you're going to again giving 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 you're going to get something back it might take a little longer but it'll usually also be more sustainable over time as well. It'll help insulate you from Google updates and, and things like that. But uh, that's that's just my personal thing from what I've seen with content that I've created. But uh, let me ask you this. Um, have you, um, what's the biggest mistake? I know you talk to a lot of people. You talk to a lot of bloggers, freelancers. What's the biggest mistake you see people are making when they're first getting started? Um, okay, so firstly, um, I would say they get overwhelmed with things and they think they have to do all the things you shouldn't have. So I made this mistake where I said, oh, my logo, oh, my theme. And they, they really get stuck in analysis paralysis. But my rule is if you're not writing content, you're wasting time. Okay. So if you want to put everything on the table and put one thing, it is writing content because my logo, like for my, for my four sites, I 
don't think I even created a logo. I just did the logo that spit out from the theme. My first site, I created a logo from Canva. Three seconds, done. The logo doesn't matter. The theme, as long as it's fast, doesn't matter. What's, what matters is getting a really good piece of content up and as many quality pieces up as fast as possible, number one. Number two is I made certainly made the mistake of trying to do everything at once. So you you know you might be listening to this thinking, oh, I need to do Pinterest, I need to do networking, I need to write content, I need to do email marketing, and we can't do it all. So pick one thing, do that well, and then move on to the next. And so I tried to do Pinterest, Facebook, and then I got burnt out. And so I put everything on hold and I just focused on SEO first, then I monetized after. I'm picking one thing and doing that well. Yeah, I find a lot of times, too, that people get stuck in this uh, wanting to diversify, which is a good idea to do, but you have to do it at the right time, you know, and if you try to do it too early, uh, actually, uh, Amelia Gardner, she's a, another blogger, and she yeah. mentions, like, if you have a shoe shop and you're trying to build up the shoe shop, you're trying to get it as big as possible, but it's barely making it it wouldn't be wise to go out and start another shoe shop, you know, that's not doing, you know, why would you waste more time doing something that's, you need to make sure that one shoe shop is working and it's working great. And you barely have to even be there in order for it to run before you go out there and try to start another one. And that's why I asked you the question earlier about how did you know it was time to start another site? Because this is something that people are like, well, let me start five and just see what happens. And I'd rather you have 50 articles on one site than 10 articles spread across five, you know? So uh, it it makes huge sense what you're saying there. And uh, gosh, stick with one thing and just stay there until you got it. And it's to the point to where you're satisfied and then move on to something else. So yeah, I'm a little passionate about it as well, if you haven't been able to tell. No, and you're absolutely right because a lot of the reason, lots of things, times bloggers they get stuck in a rut and they're like, oh, it's not working. Maybe it's the wrong niche. I'll try another site and another site. And it's like the universe or God rewards those that works hard and sticks at things. Stick and stick at it and be consistent. You know, see it through, and you will see results. It's very easy to get distracted. Oh, I want to try something else. You know, the grass is always greener. And so for me, like and beyond my first site, you know, it was making money. It was making a lot of money before I, before I considered a second one. And the second one, it was, it wasn't to make more money. It was to help my, my writers to be honest. And so that was for a different intention, but I really think that it's much harder managing two or three sites than one. Trust me. And you know this too. Yeah. Yeah. No, even now I normally put the bulk of my attention on one site and just see it through and then move on to the next one. Then move on to the next one Um, rather than trying to do too many all at once. Cause I'm also, well, I'm also doing other things like podcasts and YouTube. So that makes a difference there. Yeah. And you have a son, you know? Yeah. And right. And I got a family and everything. Right. Exactly. So, uh, you know, you mentioned there, you know, because we get distracted easily, especially when you're first getting started with this stuff, you're it's, you're easily distracted. And blogging can sometimes be worse because there's that period of time, the quote unquote sandbox, where you're just waiting. Mm. And um, I remember hearing you say one time some tips that you use to get through the sandbox. How, how do you get through, you know, this this nefarious time that Google kind of puts you through before they finally start granting you uh, the traffic? So um, I'm not sure if I'm remembering this right and if I'm not, remind me, but I, I actually don't do anything else until I get to 100 blog posts. For me, the rule is don't cry until you've got to 100 blog posts because I, I relate, uh, you know, your site as a, as a property that you're building, for example, that you want to rent out and you can't put three bricks 
and then run to the letting agency and you know I want I want to rent my property out. The letting agency will tell you to go home and build your site, right? Build your build your house. So you need to build your house, build it, build it, build it. And so for me, like the the thing that I do is I. I first of all make sure I get to 100 posts, but there are certain hacks you can do to get traffic faster. For example, I discovered that if you run a really cheap Facebook or Pinterest ad to your site, Google gets really excited with social signals. He's got like a crush on Pinterest, it seems like it. And so he's like, hey. And so if you can run a really cheap ad, like less than $20, it kind of like makes Google pay attention and he starts sending you traffic sooner. Um, number two is clustering. Clustering definitely, like I have, I have a site that definitely got traffic within six months because I went for low competition um, content in clusters. Gotcha, gotcha. So running these ads, are you running the ads to just to your site from Facebook? Yeah. So I mean, in the ideal world, you'll run it to a freebie opt-in, but when you're starting, you don't have all that. So I just I just ran it to a piece of content which had affiliate links in it. So if, if people came to that article, they might click the affiliate link. And I found that like once once kind of a Facebook and Pinterest is paying attention to it, Google definitely ranked it faster. And the third tip actually, which might help you is um, even if you don't use the social profiles like um, MySpace, Pinterest, um, LinkedIn, YouTube, even if you don't use them, sign up to them and put your link in them. Uh, Google My Business because it establishes your authority and you get a link from these high profile sites. And Google says, hmm, oh, I can see the site and all these big profiles. Maybe they're a big deal. And then he ranks you sooner. Yeah, that's probably I would I would assume that's part of the the eat too because if Google can see that you're in multiple places talking about the same thing, oh, this must be a legitimate person, and at which point they'll they'll trust you a little faster. Um, with the Facebook ads, are you just running like a traffic campaign, just sending it there? Or are you doing conversion campaign? Um, how are you? Are you just and you, is you just taking just a picture? Did I say is you? Are you just taking a picture and just uh, sending it there uh, just to so get some traffic? It's, it's, it's as simple as, so I, I often share my content on Facebook anyway, just like, so take oh, the link okay. and you share it on Facebook and then you can boost it, can't you? So yeah. I just boost it and, and that seems to work. And I don't spend a lot of money. For me, the whole, pro, the whole point is for Google to start paying attention. Yeah. Usually when we run ads, we're always like, okay, I want to make sure I get an ROI. But your idea there is you're running ads so that you can increase the social signals, which will then help Google send you more traffic faster. So it's a different kind of mentality and mindset that you need to have when you're running those. Okay, cool. That's that's a really great tip right there. I've actually, I think I've read that before, but never heard anyone talk about it. So it's good to see someone who have tried it and has some success with it. But look, we're getting close to the end of our time. Is there like, let me ask you this. Is there one thing that uh, uh, you could tell Aisha from 10 years ago? What would you, that, based on what you know now, what would you tell her so that she could have maybe done faster or uh, avoided some heartache or, or whatever? What would you tell her? I would tell her that there are 10% of people in the world, and if you're listening to us, you're in that 10%, maybe 5%, that realize you can create generational wealth with niche sites. I was speaking, I went to a niche uh, site investor event recently and they said multiples right now are going up into the 40 meaning if your site is earning 250 dollars you can sell it for ten thousand dollars so the broker was telling me this i don't know anywhere because i you know because i was poor i have i've learned how to invest my money and, and whatnot i don't know many investment investment models where you can take you can 
earn $250 and sell it for $10,000. And so I would tell myself that your life can actually change and your skills and your time is going to be enough. So for example, my goal is to actually buy a house and, and people might disagree with me on this, but I would love to buy a house mortgage-free. And uh, that's been my dream to have a little farmhouse with vegetables and have that mortgage-free. And because of my niche sites and the multiples and, and, and with God, I am about to do that next year. And wow. that's for me, life-changing. Like I grew up with the mindset, I'm gonna be working for someone else. and because and I knew nothing about sites three years ago so I'm saying I would say to myself your time is so valuable your energy is so valuable and these are the, only the two things you need to create generational wealth and financial independence and I would tell everybody else here that you know you can do it too yeah no that's man I, I totally agree because you can really build up one site and then exit it and be set for a really long time, you know, and then you could probably take a lot of that money and then either reinvest it in the sites or to buy a house or, you know, do do something huge that you just did it from a website, right? I mean, multiples, I know you're saying are around 40 right now. I've seen some that are upwards of 45, you know, it, it's, it's crazy how much some of these sites are going for. And you wonder, is there like a niche site bubble or something? Like, where do you think blogging is going to be in like five years, 10 years? What do you think? I think that the demand for solutions online is is go, only going to increase. Whether that that whether the, the, the demand will be via video, that will definitely increase. But everybody is already moving more and more online, right? And so the demand for people to find solutions online is only going to increase. There will be blips. There will be. There might be a time when blogging may drop for a bit, just like the housing market. But I truly believe that the way the world is working and going towards this, everybody's moving online and everybody is looking for solutions online. And if you can position yourself as a solution to people's problems, which you should in your content, you'll be fine. You will honestly be fine. Yeah. And it's always going to be, at least in my opinion, a market forward because we're blogging, people are writing stuff and reading things. And it's not like newspapers are no longer a thing. It's just that they're not physical anymore, at least not for the most part. Most of them are online. You know, these huge uh, newspapers have been around for, you know, 100 or more years. They're still around today. They're just online. So people are, there's always going to be a group of people who want to read. And because it's, I can't, I don't know about you, but I can't stand it when I go, I have a question. I find a YouTube video that maybe answers the question, but I got to sit there for 10 minutes for them begging me to subscribe just for me to get to the answer where if it was a blog post, I can scan to the point that I want and actually get the answer to my question. So yeah, I always think there's going to be a need for it as well. And a, a niche blog is a business. It's creating income. And if something is creating income, you should always be able to sell it, right? Um, I think it's better than the housing market in some ways. It's still a little risky, but um, as, as long as Google continues to do their updates, and I think those things help the internet get better, you know, when you really think about it, because how, how Google has been uh, changing things in terms of the updates. Some people are complaining, oh my God, I lost all my traffic. But you think about it, they're really trying to make the internet better. And because of that, I think multiples are skyrocketing because people with a lot of money who are looking for stable assets to invest in 
are looking to websites and Google because of how stable it has been over the last 10 years. So that's just my thought of it. It's probably going to keep, I will hope that it keeps going in that fashion, but we're entrepreneurs. We'll figure it out, right? That's just the way that, that we are. <laughs> so good. I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll yeah, be go living ahead. off my farm, you know? I'll be living yes. off that farm that I hopefully can, can buy vegetables. We're selling vegetables. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I'll be sure to get some of those vegetables when when, when you have them <laughs> there. Um, all right, because I need I need to work on eating my vegetables anyway. So, do you have any last thoughts, or uh, where can people find you? You know, what would you like to tell people before we get off? Okay, so um, first of all, thank you if you if you made it this far. Thank you so much. Your time is so valuable, and I appreciate that. If you would like to learn more tips, free tips, uh, you can follow me on Instagram. It's Aisha Priest. Um, I'm sure Chris can add the link. And also, I've created a free SEO blog post checklist, so you can just tick it off when you're writing a piece of content. And I'll give that to you, Chris, to, so you can give to your listeners. And you can just download the checklist. And if you want, join my email list. I share tips every Wednesday. For example, last week, I shared a really profitable niche. And that was like, everybody's really happy with that. And um, yeah, so you can find me on Instagram. I'm on my website and beyond. And also, um, I'll give you the free checklist so you can join my, my email list. Awesome. Well, we'll be sure to put those into the show notes. And I usually record like a little opening or whatever before I jump into the interview. So I'll be sure to mention it there. So it'll be right there in front as well. And then people can follow you as soon as they can, because you should be following Aisha. She she knows exactly what she's talking about. And, and it's a hoot to, to be able to uh, uh, enjoy what you are able to post online. So uh, I guess that's it. Do you have anything else that we might have missed that you may want to cover or how are you feeling? No, I think um, I think that actually uh, the only thing I want everybody to think about right now is, and if you see my cat, I'm really sorry. Oh, that's Basically, okay. We like cats around here. The only thing I want you to go away with right now, the only thing that's stopping you is your time and your energy. What are you doing with your time and energy? And so right after this, if you listen to this, take action. Really think about and audit your time and energy. And if you channel that time and energy to creating a blog, you will have an asset. The mistake a lot of people make is they waste their time and energy. And you have these two precious resources right now to do something with it. And that's it. That's powerful. That is powerful. Um, one of my favorite sayings is do something now that your future self will thank you for. So I, I love that. That is that is good stuff. Thank you so much, Aisha, for being on. Um, everyone can follow you on Instagram. I'll be sure to put the uh, those in the show notes. Go follow right now. Like, like literally, as soon as you're done with here, go follow her right now. You will not be disappointed. So thank you so much for being on and we'll catch you later. Thank you so much, Chris. It's been a privilege. And thank you, everybody, for listening. Have you been struggling to make money with your blog? Or maybe you'd like to learn how to build a niche blog and start generating a passive income, but don't know how to go about it. Well, don't worry, I got you covered. Introducing Blog Builder Pro. Blog Builder Pro is a comprehensive online course designed to take you from a complete beginner to having a website up and running that is making you money. 
Blog Builder Pro also helps take the guesswork out of monetizing your blog by teaching you an easy step-by-step -step process that I call the Nifty 50 Core Steps. These steps will tell you what to do and when to do it so that you are never lost. One of the biggest frustrations that newer bloggers have is that they do not know if the work they are putting in on their sites will yield them some result. But thanks to the more than 60 professionally produced lessons, special worksheets, easy blog and email templates, exclusive webinar discounts, one-on-one -on -one training, and a community that can help you answer questions 24-7, Blog Builder Pro is rocking the industry with this groundbreaking and comprehensive training, holding your hand from start to finish. So go to bloggerevolution.com income and check out the free webinar for some more information. That is bloggerevolution.com income.